0: This is vSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We begin our number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. Our pro tip from our number one is a very intriguing one that you can, a reminder, stretch those teasers and parlays into next week as well. You don't have to play them all in the same week, i.e., the Vikings. You could begin a part of a uh, teaser leg, tease them up to eight and a half tonight, and if that holds, you've already got one in the house, and you just got to find a dance partner <laughs> come Saturday or Sunday. We don't advise teasing college football as much as we do the NFL, but that is a, a great pro tip that you can stretch this baby out and wait and get back in the in the big dance on Sunday and or next Monday night or a Thursday night if you want to wait that long.
3: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Good opportunities out there. And I think sometimes people don't do that. They don't wait long enough. And I think you got to be a little bit cognizant of that. And you want to do that from time to time because, again, you want to take the best play possible. And, again, I think that gets back to the immediacy of the gambler where right. a
2: lot of times in the futures market people don't like to bet whether, you know, win totals or division totals and, you know, they, they want the money now. They want the immediacy of the bet, right? If you can exercise patience, to Kelly's point here, with, he's doing the double Minnesota tease, right? He's going to tease the Vikings up to 8 and a half tonight and then tease them down next week against uh, Detroit.
3: I think he, it can be very profitable if you just have patience in the betting market. That's a great point of view, Dave. I think that's something that goes vastly overlooked.
4: I mean, I would have preferred my Bengals leg to have hit yesterday with the Vikings oh. on it attached to it. But no, I didn't, that didn't work out so well.
3: <laughs> you
2: teased him down? Yeah. By the way, don't get me started on the Commanders. Teased up to seven and a half. I'm not even going to get into that. That was our pro tip for our number one. We do one every hour here on Vison across our Vison Spectrum. So that means at least twenty every single day across the network. They're all available for Vison Pro subscribers only at Vison.com, where you can sort them out by sport and or by show. Of all, let's get to the top twenty-five in your college football power rankings after we saw over the weekend. I'm assuming no change at the top. You said it before they played one game that Georgia still would have been number one. They finally caught up to you.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, to me, I, I didn't necessarily do it in a power ranking standpoint. I know Kelly will have them up in a minute. I just put them based on performance so far. Okay, I think Georgia should be the number one team. Uh, we see them receiving fifty nine percent, uh, fifty nine of the sixty three votes in the AP poll. Bama wow. with three uh, first place votes, and then of course Ohio State with one itself. Um, but I, I don't have much issue with the first two. I've got actually Oklahoma at three, Ohio State at four, Michigan at five. Um, I think the. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma has looked really impressive. I know Nebraska is not a good football team, but still you have a road win anytime in a power five. And you down win. seven nothing. Yeah, I mean, you went on the road. I, I'm always impressed with that. Um, Ohio State did dismantle. I shouldn't say dismantle, but they, they really beat the brakes off of um, Toledo. Toledo, but the, the game against Notre Dame looking less and less impressive based on the Irish season. Michigan has played well, but again, they haven't played anybody yet. USC continues to look good on offense I thought Penn State probably had one of the best wins of the season so far and Auburn may not wind up with a good year they may wind up at four and eight five and seven but I still think when you go on the road and you dominate a football team in the SEC that's always very impressive so for me that was a big point in this one and then of course um, you've got uh, Oklahoma I'm sorry um in your top ten? Yeah, yeah, uh Penn Did, State okay. and as as well there. I, I think that's a team you have to strongly consider. A good win against Purdue, right, in the opening week. And
2: then this one, and you nailed it by the way, Amal, because you said Penn State, who you have seventh now in yeah. your rank in your power rankings. You called that against Auburn. You, you liked it. You said you would it was two and a half, it went up to three, you would have laid it on the road, and that, that cashed easily for you. So I'm looking at your top ten. And again, Kentucky sneaks in there at nine and Tennessee at ten. How strong is the SEC if in your power rankings you have
3: one and two at the top? Yeah. You've got uh, eight, uh, Clemson,
2: nine and ten. Yeah,
3: Clemson at eight, Kentucky and Tennessee at nine and ten. I mean,
2: that, that's that's really impressive when you have four SEC schools in there.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I can make a case that Arkansas is number 11. It really came down to Tennessee or Arkansas for me, but I thought Arkansas struggled against Bobby Petrino's Missouri State Bears. Uh, they were fortunate enough to be able to come back in the second half and win that football game. Big uh, run by Sanders. Uh, but overall, I look at Tennessee, the offense is dynamic. Uh, Kentucky, look, they're not going to blow you away, they're not going to overly impress you, but they just find a way to get it done. Uh, Penn State's getting better and better. I, it, look, you're seeing, think about this, Oklahoma's going to be in the SEC, USC's going to be in the pack t- uh, pack, uh, Excuse me, Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You've got, theoretically, nine out of the ten teams that are going to be from the SEC and the Big Ten. So you're not buying into this, again, as we kind of look at you with four teams in the SEC in your top ten, because a lot of
2: A lot of fans are going to cry, SEC bias, SEC bias. It's not biased if they're just that good. And the way it's played out the last couple years with the Bamas and the Georgias, obviously the cream of the crop, you can't discount what what Kentucky and Tennessee are doing
3: so far and Arkansas in a rough and tumble SEC. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the frustration, though, comes in for people when the other teams in the SEC get credit for the fact that Bama and Georgia are great. Right, hmm. like you, Whenever you go to any stadiums and you hear the SEC chant, it's never from Georgia or Bama. It's always from every other team like Tennessee who hasn't been relevant in a couple of decades. Now they finally are showing some relevancy. And, you know, it's a big matchup against Florida here, so it, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Line's gone up from like about 8.5 to 10 already in favor of the Big Orange.
2: You know, you have so you got four from the SEC in your power rankings. You have three from the Big Ten. Ohio State, four. Michigan, five. Penn State, seven. And that's that's nothing – there's no slouch. Now, again, I know what the SEC fans are going to say. Boy, you took your big three and the big ten, put them up against our two and whoever else you want to pick, and we'll roll the dice. Are they on? Is there a different level for Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State from what you've seen so far from Georgia and Alabama?
3: Um, I would say right now, you look at the top four teams, I think they're all right there. Uh, Michigan as well, I would include. I think Michigan's been outstanding so far. Uh, For me, I think – Here's the concern I have with USC. I know their offense has looked great, mm-hmm. but I, I was I thought they were going to be able to move the ball against Fresno because I saw Oregon State comfortably moving it against uh, Fresno State as well. I, I think the question is though: Can these teams USC's got a deficiency on defense? Can Penn State's offense keep pace with what these other teams could do offensively? And I'm not sure they can. We're going to find out in a couple of weeks. I, I believe they got to go to Ann Arbor in that one. That'll be a tough game, but that should be a game day matchup of two top 15 teams should be outstanding. Let's talk about these demarcation numbers that we're seeing to win the
2: national championship. Based when you look at your power rankings and then you look at the odds associated with it. So Georgia is now the favorite. Remember Alabama was the preseason favorite to win the national championship. So that's flipped a little bit. Plus $1.75 for Georgia. There's Bama 210. Well then here come the Buckeyes at plus 275 and there is the demarcation line. Oh my goodness. The next I, I, I'm stunned to say this. The next favorite in the betting market to win the not get to the college football play to win, SC, yeah. at twelve to one. Then you get Clemson at fourteen to one, Michigan at eighteen to one, and then the longer shot, and I know you like them to get
3: there possibly is Oklahoma at forty to one. SC twelve to one. Well, I think the thing is USC is always going to be that program that has got cachet. They've had tremendous history, right? You know, one of the great programs in the history of college football. You make the argument they're one two or three uh, you know right there with Alabama and Notre Dame um, you know so from that standpoint I think USC is always going to drive some people they're in Los Angeles big market we see the popularity here in Vegas so many people that live in Las Vegas mm. are Laker fan Dodger fans because they didn't have professional teams before the last few years so it's just an affinity same thing with USC and I think you're seeing it they're scoring points Caleb Williams Jordan Addison Travis Dye and company the offense looks good But again, uh, this was a great line. I wish this were my line. Alex Grinch is the Grinch who stole the defense. I mean, this team just doesn't play defense. They can't stop anybody. And I think that's going to be a problem when you face off against more competent and more competitive teams. Right now, if USC were to play the teams ahead of them in terms of Oklahoma, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, the only team that I think they could beat is uh, Clemson because Clemson's offense isn't that good. And as soon as they make this change from Cade Klubnick, I'm sorry, from DJ to Cade Klubnick, I think Clemson's beating them.
2: I, I Right. Clemson's offense right now is not on, not even close to level par than what USC has. No. If they do, in fact, make that quarterback change, it feels like they'll get a step up. Very quickly, I want to talk about Boomer sooner. Because you mentioned it, the win against Nebraska. They were down 7 nothing. They come back and just thwart the huskers from there. They were chanting for Urban Meyer. They want Herb in Huskerland. That's how bad it's gotten. I don't know what they're going to do there. They're a mess.
3: But you like this Boomer Sooner team. You think they've got real substance. Absolutely right. When you yelled Boomer, I thought Billy Sims walked in the room. I mean, anytime you see him, he's Boomer Sooner all day. But (laughs) let let me tell you, look, I thought Dylan Gabriel was vastly underrated. Coming in from UCF, I thought he was a good quarterback at UCF. He's got great mobility. You saw it on that touchdown. Yeah. I mean, look at the pressure he puts on your defense. I know a lot of people are not necessarily fans of Eric Gray. I'm a bigger fan of Gray than maybe some other people are, but I'm telling you this kid can run the ball. Marcus Major's a good secondary back for them. And then you look at the receiving core. Marvin Mims is a dude, okay? uh, That dude is big time. Next year, he's going to be a junior. He's going to be one of the favorites for the Blitnikoff. He's a tremendous player. And then, all Benables has done his whole career is have dominant defenses, just give him some time. Allow him to recruit. Let him bring in some players. Look, it's OU. They've got talent. It, this is not like he's taking over Nebraska where the cupboard is bare right now. Oklahoma is always a top ten. Since Bob Stoop took over for John Blake, this has always been a dominant program, and I could be mistaken, but I don't believe they've had a losing season until you go back to John Blake. So you're talking 20-plus years. Is there value in that number at 40-1 to to win the whole thing? I think there is because I think they can get into the college football playoff. I think all three teams at the top are good in terms of Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. But I don't think – and throw in Michigan there as well. I don't think any of these teams are without flaws. And I think Oklahoma is a little bit different than they've been in the past. When we saw Kyler Murray go against Alabama, they didn't have the defensive prowess. That's the same problem. I keep saying this about Lincoln. He's a great offensive mind. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. But you got to go get a Jim Knowles type of guy that Ohio State's gotten. you got to get a guy that Dabo had at uh, Oklahoma. I'm sorry, at Clemson mm-hmm. and Brent Benables. If you don't get that, Dave, I don't think you're going to be able to win. And that's where the problem lies right now for me with uh, this USC team. Well, again, I'm with you. And, again,
2: if Boomer Sooner has a – and they do have a clear pathway to the college football yeah. playoff. If you back them at 40-1 to now – then great head spots if you get to the national semifinal and see how those numbers bear out there very good information them all uh, and great stuff with your power rankings here for college football when we come back let's talk more college football hold or fire as we look ahead to the weekend slate and the numbers we see here on a Monday come on back it is Big Bets here on VEASAN the sports betting network
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSEN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal
0: Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotels, tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from one Bet. Head over to eastoncom horses to register today. Back alongside a Mall Shaw, we roll on with the Monday edition of Big Bets. Time for Hold or Fire, but this time the college football edition of. Again, I hope you've been listening and watching throughout the weeks leading up because you've been giving out some really good advice on some of these numbers that we see earlier in the week, i.e. the Penn State game a week ago against Auburn, it was two and a half early in the week. We had said fire on that number. It did go up to three. It didn't matter as they cover easily, but that's the exercise here. Maryland, wild game at College Park. They yeah. get the win against the Ponies from SMU. Now they're going to the land of the fighting Harps. They're going up to the big house against Michigan. Now the total is off the board. And two two teams, by by the way, scoring a lot of points early on in the year, including Michigan. Wolverine's going to lay 16. If you like the Terps and fear the turtle, mm-hmm. hold or fire catching 16?
3: Hold because line was at 17. I'd wait to see if it goes back up. Um, for me, I, I think, you know, it goes to 16 or 15 is virtually a similar number, but at an advantage if it goes to 17. So I would hold if you like uh, Maryland. If you like Michigan, the line has come down now. I, Me personally, I would fire with Michigan. However, if you don't believe that this number is going to stay put at 16 and still going to continue to come down, then I would hold. So in this game, Dave, it really depends on your perspective of how you think the line's going to move. That's part of this thing. Yes. It's ty- trying to really gauge where you think the number is going to go. And I think that's a key component of it. So we'll see how it plays out.
2: But again, I think what you're getting at, Amal, which is a very astute observation here, is we're, we're trying to manipulate the market right. uh, where we think the number is going to go, right? But the number's already come down a point from opening at 17. Right. So it's already come down. That's why you're advising potentially, if you're a backer of Michigan, that's a fireable number today. You can fire on it today because you don't know, you don't think it's going to come down to 14 or something ridiculous off maybe a, a, a more keyable number. But for Maryland's sake, it would be time to hold because it could. The money could – public money could come back in on Michigan and push this up to 17.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I like Michigan in this game. I think they're going to absolutely just trounce Maryland. Mm. Maryland's got some issues defensively. I think Michigan will be able to take advantage of that. J.J. McCarthy is a much better quarterback, and I think, than Cade McNamara. McNamara. So I, I like the Wolverines. I think they're going to cover that number.
2: And McNamara, by the way, dinged up as well. So yeah. it's J.J. McCarthy here. Uh, so that's a very good observation. Maybe a Michigan backer. Today on a Monday fire, Maryland, you might want to hold a little bit see if you can get the better of the number. Clemson, don't know what to make of them. Yeah. Going to take on Wake Forest here. And now you're going to go uh, to Wake Forest out there in, the, the, in the, uh, the three schools right in that area there, Wake Forest and NC State uh, and North Carolina. Now you're going to go to one of those in Wake Forest. Not known as a huge home field advantage here, but kind of uncharted here for Clemson going on the road uh, to take this on. Land the seven. Yeah. If you like Clemson and that offense has been sketchy at best, would you lay the seven today? Would you would you fire on it or would you hold and see if the number could possibly come
3: down? Yeah, this is one where I w- I would sit there and I would hold. Um, if you like Clemson, if you like Wake Forest, I would fire on it. I don't I don't know if the number is going to go up. I think the one thing with Wake Forest is we know they've got a great defense. I'm sorry, a great offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can this Clemson offense be effective enough against generally what is a A weaker Wake Forest defense so to me it's tough to gauge this one Dave Um, I I just personally don't like it either way but I think if you like the Demon Deacons you fire if you like Clemson you hold on this one
2: okay and again what's interesting here is you've got basically the strengths of each team Mm -hmm. going against the strengths of the other absolutely Wake Forest is that's their offense is the strength Clemson's defense is their strength and and flip them Uh, for Clemson's offense clearly is their weakness here against a what we don't think is a great Wake Forest defense so However you gauge which way you think is going to have the advantage of those kind of the stronger units, there's no real mismatch, right? Because you're going to strength on strength each time. Correct. Absolutely right. All right. So, again, if you like Wake Forest, you might want to fire on that number today. If you're Clemson, you might want to hold. Iowa State against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, good start here for, uh, for Matt Campbell and company so far to their season. Now they're going to lay some points At home, only two and a half. I, Knowing you by now, I'm going to assume that you're going to tell me if you like
3: the Cyclones, you fire at the two and a half. If you like Baylor, you hold and hope it gets to three? Yes, but here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's the prudent thing to do because if it comes down to two, it's not as detrimental to you in the Baylor standpoint. But I like Baylor in this game straight up. I think they're going to beat them. I don't think the Cyclones are that good of a team. I know they've had a good win against Iowa, but again, Iowa's not a good offensive team. Uh, You know, for me, I look at this team right now. They took care of business comfortably against Ohio this past weekend. Baylor beat them last year in a tough, tough win, 31-29. But I don't think either team is as good as they were the previous year. But I believe Baylor is better than Iowa State this year. I think they go into a very tough environment in Ames and get a win. And so, again, I think the exercise here is if you like Baylor, fire on the money line play. Yeah,
2: If you want to hold and see if it gets to three, if you're going to play this, this side, that's acceptable. Yeah, But if you really do like uh, Baylor as you do, you fire on the money line today instead of laying the two and a half. Absolutely. All right. So that's a good, good exercise there to maximize potentially your profit uh, as the season goes along. We just talked about Tennessee in the last segment. Rocky top is a real home field advantage. We know that. Well, look at the number they're going to lay against the Gators. And I saw Anthony Richardson say some things like, hey, man, I – I can't run all the time because of our backup quarterback situation. I.e., I E I can't get hurt or else we don't have a chance to win. Would what? you, would you fire on Florida
3: taking a double digit number at Rocky top on a Monday? You know, this is an interesting one. I would hold on both. And the reason is this, the number Dave on the overnight, it opened at seven and a half or eight or eight and a half um, in terms of Tennessee. It's gone up. I, I for me, I would hold I, from a Florida standpoint because I think the number could continue to elevate. Now, Tennessee standpoint, the reason why I would hold is because even if the number goes to 12, 12 and a half, it's not going to hurt you that much already being at 11 and a half. However, you hope it could potentially come back down. Uh, this is an interesting one. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Florida is going to cover this number. I know Tennessee's offense is dynamic, what Hendon Hooker and company can mm-hmm. do. Hypel wants to go tempo. But I'm not convinced that Tennessee's defense is going to slow down Anthony Richardson. And now you're getting double digits with a team who's got an absolute dude. We'll see what happens there.
2: I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down there, too, that you, you might, you're might you going to hold both sides and see where the, the number does go. Correct. Right. But it already has gone up over a field goal here to the advantage of Florida. And I'm right there with you. Florida's defense, Billy Napier, they can still play defense. Yeah. Right? So if they can slow down Tennessee, that number could very much be in play at 11 and a half if you like the Gators. But our advice here would be hold on a Monday and see where that next line move goes after it's already gone up a field goal uh, if you like the Gators. Texas, okay, they covered the number against UTSA. That was uh, displeasing to yours truly. But now they're going to lay six against Texas Tech, and I was all over NC State laying the 10 against Texas Tech, and that number did cash for us. What do you make of this one here as the Hookums are going to give up six
3: in an interstate rivalry? Um, the number's going up. I would take guns up now. Uh, I would fire on them right now at uh, 6. Even you know, Obviously, if you, it went to 7 to be better for you, but I feel like this number's going to come down. Remember, the Longhorns destroyed the Red Raiders last year in Austin, 70 to 35. Huge mm. revenge spot here for the Red Raiders. Dave, I'm telling you right now, covered the Big 12 for a long time. I have seen so many UT teams go into Lubbock and wind up in absolute dogfights that you, know, you just don't want to be in a scenario where you think you're going to roll in there. you got the better team, and they, they just wind up in a tough matchup. I would take them. I think Texas Tech's got a great shot to win that football mm. game. The one thing to pay attention to, though, is to, if Tyler Shug's going to be back under center in this one for them because, um, remember, he got hurt. He was expected back in two weeks. Smith really struggled in that game through two picks. Uh, so that's an area of concern. They brought in Morton. He also threw a, a pick. Texas Tech is a good football team. I like the plus six at, with them at home. Uh, you know, watching a little bit of that NC State game in, in Raleigh on uh, Saturday night,
2: Texas Tech's defense held up That's against I'm saying, a yeah. really good offense in NC State. And that game was, uh, was pretty much, they had a couple of shots maybe for a backdoor cover. Uh, thankfully for yours, truly it didn't happen. But I was impressed with the way Texas Tech guns up, the way they play defense. So fire on the six today if you're going to back the Red Raiders at home against Texas. Uh, let's get to Oregon. You called this last week against BYU. You really liked them laying the three and a half against the Cougs. Bo Nix, w- where's that guy been? He looked fantastic against BYU. Now Washington State are really off on the good foot to start of the season.
3: You're catching six at home. Hold or fire either side here? Um, if you like Oregon, I would fire. If you like Wazoo, I would I would hold. Um, I really don't know what to make of this game. I'm going to give an edge to the Ducks here. I think that win's going to be a good one for them. Uh, BYU is a good team. They were number 12 coming into that one. They really dominated that football game. And if Bo Nix can play with some confidence, I think that there's enough talent there in Eugene for this team to really put some things together. Washington State had a good win at Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. but I felt like that was more of a one-off. I thought, you know, Wisconsin was flat. and Wisconsin, the one thing they have a propensity to do at times is play to the level of their competition. This is one where I think the Ducks will be ready.
2: All right, that's a a fascinating uh, look at that game there. Maybe Oregon now getting off on the good foot with that big win against BYU. You're right, maybe Bo Nix with that. Kind of like Tua Tungvaluwa with the Dolphins. Maybe we'll see a different quarterback. I want to finish up some of those Holder fires in college when we come back, and then we'll look back at the NFL as we get ready for Monday night and certainly looking on into the distant future. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on Visa and the sports Betting Network.
0: Big bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VSEN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests, 24/7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every single game all season long. Pro tip tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actual insights to help up your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special. Get the VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175, or you can save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. I think we both went, oh, my God. At the same time, yeah. watching the Indians against the Twins, a seven nothing lead for Cleveland. Well, we got a split, so we're, we're, we have softball rules in effect. <laughs> seven inning, seven innings for the first game. Can't believe they do that. But it was seven to three. There were two on, yeah. nobody out, and a three one count. So the tying runs on the on deck circle. A shot going to center field, ricochets off the pitcher,
3: and it goes one six. Four, three, twin killing. Yeah, Miranda absolutely hit a shot right up the box. I think it would have gotten through easily and instead bounces off uh, his thigh. uh, Rosario with a double play and uh, changes the entire game. So there it is in the uh, softball. By the way, Guardians going to run away with this division now? Well, they've got three games coming up against Chicago this week. On the south side, you've got Dylan Cease going tomorrow. You've got Tristan McKenzie for the Guardians on Wednesday, and then Bieber will pitch on Thursday. So those are the three best pitchers going in this series. Now, they've got a four-game lead in the loss column. Uh, Dave, so here's an opportunity. If you're Chicago, if you're going to make a push, you're going to need a sweep. So Cleveland's got to be And by the way, that's an excellent way to, to forecast this
2: weekend. You know what Chicago's thinking, yeah. sweep. And Indians are thinking, man, if you told us right now, they'll never admit this. You give me one out of that's three.
3: A, you bring up a great point.
2: Right? You give me one out of three. We run out of
3: dodge. We take it and run. They, they got... Look, they survived the previous inning and the sixth inning. Twins at the bases loaded, runners. Uh, uh, I mean, one out. They hit a line drive to first base. They get doubled off. This inning, they look like they're going to escape this game with a seven-four lead right now. Here in the top of the seventh, with two outs. But, but Dave, if Chicago wins all three games, then I think we got we have a race. If they don't, I think it's over.
2: It is. So they, they would. I'm sure. If they had truth serum, they'd say, if we just win one of those three, we're going to be happy with that. We'll talk some more major league baseball before we get out of here on a Monday, but let's go back to hold or fire uh, in college football. Because again, I, you know, we even talk about it off the air, these type of liens and, and type of these numbers that we're seeing here early are really the way you can make some profit and get the better in the numbers before they tra- change. And they will change drastically before you get to Saturday. So let's look at a and Now they covered against Miami. Yeah. I don't know that that was the right – look, it was the winning side. I don't know if it was the right side to be on if you watched that game. But they did cover the number against the Hurricanes. Now they're going to lay to against a team that I know both of us look at in Arkansas and goes, Sam Pittman, they can play. They had a, a scare of their own, and they come back with a big four, fourth quarter to get that win and stay undefeated. What
3: do you make of this total – and hold or fire, depending on which side you might like. Yeah, I'm not sure what the total on this one is, Dave, but I, I can tell you right now this is a game where I would um, I would bet Arkansas now, even though it's at two. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to go up. I think the Razorbacks are going to wind up potentially as a favorite in this game. Uh, if you like a I would probably hold because I believe the number is going to come in in favor of the Razorbacks. I like them to win this game against um, Texas a and Remember, this game is going to be played in Arlington and Jerry World. This is where they play the neutral site game every year. Last year, it was wu we get getting the victory. You mentioned this game against Miami. Um, you know, still only 264 yards of total offense oh out of out of the AM team. You're gonna play a team in in Arkansas that's gonna be refocused. They were flat. They were fortunate. They had a big punt return for a touchdown. They had a couple of big plays in that fourth quarter. They got them through. Um, but I think they're gonna take care of business. And the point you made, Miami 27 first downs, AM just 16. Oh. Third down efficiency, 33% for the Aggies. Time of possession, Miami, 34-plus minutes. AM under 26 minutes. So real concerns here for me when I look at AM, I just don't think they're a really good football team.
2: No, I'm with you. By the way, I, for, for uh, full disclosure, I was on the side of the Canes. I don't feel bad about losing that handicap because they missed two field goals in the game. They make one of those, they cover the number. And I just thought they were the flat-out better team. And sometimes that's the way it's going to go.
3: Even though you might have had the right handicap, it doesn't mean you're going to win that that wager. I have a quick question for you. You said you don't mind the loss. I have situations where, like that where I don't mind. For example, I lost this Guardians game. I had under 9.5 in the in play. I don't have a problem with that. What's your reasoning behind that? Because for me, if it's a game that I really, really like, yeah. I don't mind. What I don't like is if I make a play in a game that I'm, eh, Right. You know, lukewarm on. No, I, that's my
2: issue. I actually thought Miami was the better team. Yeah. And so my handicap coming in was, and a lot of times I'll do this. If I see a spread that's 10 or less for a road team, do I give them a realistic shot of winning the game? Forget about the number. Right. Do right. I give them a, I, a realistic point. shot of winning the game? And I did. Yeah. And I thought Miami was still the better team, even though the, the numbers uh, in the final score don't show it. I, I will not. I don't like to play, to your point of like, uh, why did I play that? Yeah. That's if I don't give a, a team a chance to win and they're a single-digit underdog, then why am I playing them plus, plus the points? Yeah, well, that, That's my rationale there. So that didn't bother me as much. I'm with you. If you like Arkansas and this one here in Jerry World, you might want to fire in that money line today, at that plus money, and, instead of lay, catching the two. I think that's the better way to maximize your potential profit there. Wisconsin against Ohio State. Oh, boy. Lane 18 at the shoe. Scotty? It's a night game, huh? Oh, know. I mean, are you, are you impressed with Wisconsin with what we've seen? But then again, you mentioned the Notre Dame win for Ohio State. Does not look as good? Now, they got it on the right track against Toledo. I played that over. That was never in jeopardy. They I got it thought about time.
3: you in the first half when it was – Almost got it at halftime. I think it was 42-14, right? <laughs> yeah. I go, wow. I go, you talk about a rocking chair game. Woo! 62 I'm, is the total. Almost hit it by half. Uh, it was unbelievable. By the way, you picked a good game to bet on. Stroud in the first half was 18 for 20.
2: <laughs> now you got to lay 18. I don't know which way you you might like uh, for hold or fire here, but let's go to look at it from Scotty's perspective. Yeah. Would you hold and think that this number might go up?
3: I don't know, and and I got to tell you, I would fire at eighteen. Look, here here's the thing: if you're taking Wisconsin, eighteen is mm-hmm. a good number. It goes to nineteen or twenty. Obviously, it's better. But I, I first of all, I don't know if it's going to go up, but also. If you're getting 19 or 20, and if you're, in, you're fighting for your life and you're in peril with that number, you were already in trouble to begin with. Totally agree. So 18 does, and I know Ohio State backers are going
2: to go, nah, we're going to wipe them out. It, this ain't Toledo's defense. I know Wisconsin struggled offensively, but they should put up some resistance. Not saying it's going to be the Notre Dame game all over again, but I think that's you could kind of look at it in that vein because we've seen what Notre Dame has been, and they have not been good. And yet their defense was able to keep Ohio State at bay. Maybe they got a clicking last week, but again, Toledo is not Wisconsin's defense. So right. I'm with you. If you're a Wisconsin backer, you should probably fire on that number today.
3: Yeah, also pay attention to the status. I don't have an update on Travion Henderson. He went out with an injury on the mm-hmm. first drive of the game after he scored a touchdown, didn't play. Um, that's the one area I have a concern from an Ohio State standpoint. I would I would fire on Wisconsin. I would hold on Ohio State. I think the number's a little bit big for a team that really plays defense, historically speaking. Mm -hmm. This would be a good test for Ohio State in terms of where their offense is and what they're capable of doing. Uh, We saw Wisconsin put up 66 against New Mexico State. Uh, Can uh, this team really, uh, to me... Uh, really slow down Braylon Allen. I think the Ohio State run defense can, and even though the Ohio State pass defense has got some areas to improve, I don't believe Graham Mertz and company could take advantage of that.
2: All right, so that's going to be an interesting way to go, but I think that's good advice there. If you like Ohio State, you might want to hold. If you like Wisconsin, you should probably fire on that number today. This is a tricky one out in the Pac-12. SC, look, Fresno, J Kaner's terrible injury. He's done easy cover for USC in a game against Fresno State that I think – a lot of people thought would be much more competitive. It was not. Now they're going to go on the road against the Beavers. Mm -hmm. Kind of spunky. You look at the number and you go, six? That's it? If you're backing Oregon State, hold or fire trying to figure out which way this number's going to go.
3: I think the number's going to go up. I think USC is such a public team. Mm -hmm. I think people don't realize how good Oregon State has played. Here's here's what you're going to really see, Dave. You're going to see people look at Oregon State has a one-point win against Fresno in the in the valley in a last play of the game they they run the ball in uh from the 2 or 3 yard line and then USC absolutely dismantles uh President of State. Of State thank you um now you look at this Beavers team at home Research State remember it's half the size Stormy Bonatoni, who's going to follow us on the final countdown, she covered a game up there a couple of weeks ago, and she goes, listen, half the stadium, you don't have fans because they're remodeling it, so that's something to pay attention to, USC traditionally has had issues when they've gone for research stadium, the one I think it was, I think it was 08, Mark Sanchez was the quarterback, Mm -hmm. they lose the game outright in uh, Corvallis, they've had a lot of tough games there, this is obviously a new era, and I'm going back a long ways, but... I think this is going to be one where if you like the Trojans, you fire on. If you like Oregon State, you hold.
2: All right, so again, under that key number seven, I'm with them all. There's no way in my estimation this number stays where it is. So if you like the Trojans, we're not saying play them, yeah. but if, you, if that's your side, you should play that number today at six because yeah. it's going to go up. Absolutely. All right, so we'll see how that one uh, plays out. Cannot wait uh, to get to the college football slate, but when we come back, I, I do want to go over some some of the baseball plays yeah. that you might see today, and of course we'll head to Monday Night Football, a double dip that we're going to have on Monday night. So we'll see some of those numbers if they've changed here in the last hour and a half as we get you ready for that double dip in Monday Night Football. Come on back. We'll put a closing wrap on big bets for a Monday here on these in the Sports Betting Network.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's him. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like
4: that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And he's, he's
1: going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you know? I told you? I said, I said, oh, G, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't admit it. <Nick.">
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
2: Kick off the football season with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace it up for week three. With BetRivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every single Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on a Sunday night football game like Justin Fields. And you can get your money back as a free bet if they don't score, if they do score at any time during the game. Head over to BetRivers.com and download the BetRivers app. It is a whole new ball game. Justin Fields 20-1 to 1 to score that first touchdown. It's a heck of Cha-ching. a win. Well, what a great forecast if you got that one right. Exactly right. By the way, pro tip number two, this hour. We talked about Oklahoma. Good value at 40 to one to get to the national championship uh, and possibly win it. That's the odds to win the whole thing. But really, what we're looking for here is you can see a path for them to make the college football playoff. And I'm all once you get there, then you can start looking at other ways to make sure, even if they don't win the national championship. They can still make a profit off that initial
3: bet. Absolutely, and I would throw Michigan into the mix at twenty-five to one. Mm. I think the Wolverines are going to be able to run the table, go into Columbus, and it's going to come down to that showdown game against uh, Ohio State. If they, you know, you get to that point, I think they'll probably be about a touchdown underdog. You can take uh, Ohio State there on the money line. If you, you know, just for simple math, let's say you throw a hundred bucks on Michigan, you are getting at twenty-five plus twenty-five hundred. You come back and you bet, I don't know, six hundred dollars on Ohio State. You make a hundred bucks there. And then if not, they get into the playoff. They're looking at Alabama, Georgia. Uh, so to me, I, I think if you look at the Wolverines, they're another team you'd have to consider. Those are, again,
2: what we're trying to do is with these longer odds, it's not necessarily that you think that they are going to win the, the college Correct. football playoff, but it's a hedgeable spots that if they've done the yeoman's work to get in a position to get to the college football playoff, that's where you can lock in profit. And that's what we're trying to do for you out there. Let's talk about maybe some profitable situations in major league baseball today. Kershaw is back. Let's see what Clayton looks like here with the Dodgers taking on the D-backs right now. Look at the number. Of course it's a big number when Clayton Kershaw's pitching. You got to lay $3 to win 1. But you could also look at that run line and that's $1.35 if they can win by 2 or more. Is there a a way that you
3: approach this game with Kershaw back in the or excuse me with uh, Kershaw back in the bump? That you think might be profitable. Yeah. Merrill Kelly's been hit around by the Dodgers this year. Merrill Kelly's had a good year, but four of his last five starts, he's given up at least three earned runs, including the one against the Dodgers at, uh, at chase the other day. So I think, uh, this is one where I would look potentially, if you're going to take the Dodgers go run line here, Kershaw has been pitching extremely well. Dave, the other thing I was looking at potentially is under seven and a half night game. Chavez ravine Dodgers coming off of an extra innings game last night in San Francisco. Um, this is an intriguing one for me here, but I would lean towards the Dodgers run line here. And again, the Dodgers run
2: line <laughs> has been a been very profitable throughout
3: the season. That's been a, a pretty good way to lower those big price tags that you normally see day in day out. Well, to your point, Dave, the Dodgers have won 101 games. 89 of the games they've won by two runs or more. I mean, that's as good as it gets. That is absolutely astonishing. Okay,
2: uh, one more game, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. The Metropolitans. Mm-hmm. Against the Brew Crew, boy, you, you nail the Mets after struggling against the Cubs, getting swept, and then all of a sudden they re, they reverse the curse and do the same thing to the to the Buckos. Now you get the Brew Crew, and you got to go to Milwaukee. And here, Max Scherzer on the bump for the Metropolitans, plus money for Mad Max. Is that the way you're going, and do you see another way to go?
3: Yeah, I, I would look at uh, Scherzer here. Now, remember, he's been on the injured list with a uh, oblique injury. He hasn't pitched since September 3rd. A little bit of an area of concern when you look at it. But Dave, before he went on the shelf, he was pitching particularly well. His last two starts, he was really kind of able to put things together. Uh, he goes 12 innings, giving up two earned runs and 16 Ks during that stretch. At the same time, Burns had a great game, two games back against San Francisco, where he went eight innings, 14 Ks, three hits. Last start against St. Louis, it was good, not great. Seven innings, three hits. I'm sorry, three earned runs and seven hits. So from that standpoint, I would look at the Mets. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a big run line guy in baseball. If you're like me and you like the Metropolitan's on the run line tonight, you can get them here in this one. And they're, remember, though, the road team, so you're going to get the nine at-bats. Right. They're going to be plus 170. Now, Burns is not an easy guy to score against, but still I think it's, not, it's an interesting number. And, again, would you
2: advise sometimes in a first five scenario? Because you don't know how long Scherzer is going to go right yeah. with that first outing back. I'm assuming he's looking at five, six, and then Bucky is going to probably say, that's enough for you, young man. Let's get you, get you out of there.
3: I would agree with you in terms of how you assess that. You're absolutely right.
2: All right. So let's see with Buck show, Walter, how long the leash is for Max Scherzer. If he's pitching well, getting the ball out of his hands. Sometimes it could be a fight, but Buck will win that fight. Uh, let's get back to Monday night football. Got the double dip tonight. Titans and bills of the first game here. 7:15 Eastern. The number we talked about has been around 10. Most of the week is, down in nine and a half, some up to 10 here. It really hasn't moved. If you're a bills backer enough that it's gotten out of hand, but 10 feels like a big number for a team that they've struggled with. And they lost to the same team a year ago.
3: You're absolutely right. It does feel like a big number here. Revenge spot for Buffalo in this game. Remember you mentioned that game and uh, a game they should just not have lost. No, you're absolutely right. Um, You know, I don't know. I, I didn't touch this game. This is one I'm going to stay away from, kind of take a wait-and-see approach.
2: Again, that's where you can maybe hop in on some in-game scenarios. 100%. After what you see, how it plays out. I'm kind of with you on that one, too, because my proclivity here is to lean towards the the, the Titans getting the 10 yeah. with the style that they played the Bills with last year, which was Derrick Henry, heavy dose, and in the fourth quarter, if you remember that game a year ago, the Bills did not want to tackle him. And, oh, by the way, that game could have impacted where that Kansas City playoff game had happened. Not saying it would have been different if it was in Buffalo. That's important. Some of these games are earlier in the year that people forget about later in the year. Absolutely right. Let's get to the other uh, Monday Night Football game. That is, it feels like the more intriguing one here. When you look at the the, the game, and the totals come down a little bit to 49, but the Eagles are still laying two and a half. Hasn't hit that key number of three. Do you think it gets to three or would you back it if you like Skull on that money line?
3: Um, well, if you're going to take the Vikings, I personally, I would wait. But if it, by kickoff, if you're going to play it at two and a half, then I would take the Vikings on the money line. Mm-hmm. Look, it doesn't mean you can't get beat in a two-point game. But I think, realistic, if you look at it long-term, the number of games that wind up with that scenario, not as much. And you'd sit there and say, well, the Browns game wound up that way. Yeah, but you know what? The Jets won the game. Mm-hmm. So let's say the Browns were the two-and-a-half-point favorite. You still got a scenario where the Jets won. So. I, that's one of the reasons I'm a big proponent of the plus money price because chances are like the Steelers who were two and a half, 2.5 two most of the week and got to 3, I think, yes. by kickoff, didn't cover. So I, I think that's something you have to strongly consider. And,
2: again, that's the idea, right, is that the, the, the worst play was taking the 2.5 with the Steelers instead of taking, again, neither one won. But the money line, had they won, that's where the advantage really lies. That's kind of the same scenario we're seeing tonight with Minnesota. Instead of taking the two and a half over the long term, the better bet is to take the money line play at plus $1. twenty-five. Look at the quarterback props. Because, again, these are the most popular ones that are, that are predominantly bet here in the United States. You can understand why. You're rooting for points. You're rooting for scoring. Everybody wants to see it. Nobody likes to play unders. But you look at Kirk Cousins, 278 and a half, And it tells you how much you think Jalen Hurts is going to get the opportunity to throw the ball only 239 and a half. I E Minnesota and JJ on the outside, you know, Kirk's going to put it up Jalen Hurts. And that running game is really how they get things done uh, with the Eagles. What do you make of those props at the quarterback position? Would you lean towards the lower total and Jalen Hurts at 239 and a half or the higher one of KC eight at
3: 278 and a half. I got got to tell you, Dave, I've never really been that good at the quarterback prop, so I don't play them. so I really wouldn't advise one way or the other because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure – sometimes it can be a real crap shoot here's where I think it gets a little bit tricky you throw a 40yard ball down the field the guy's going to catch it but the defender tackles him now you just lost 40 yards on your total on the pi yeah on the pi if you went over if you went under hey you got a gift or you know I mean all of a sudden you wind up with a situation where Joe Flacco's total improved drastically on 175 yard pass <laughs> exactly right and again
2: I, I not to say it's for suckers but the the quarterback props are the ones that they are bet heavily, so the, the 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 market knows that, right? Correct. They're, they're going to to try to entice you there. Some other avenues of approach out there, which might be a little bit, it's not easy. Nothing's easy, but might be a little bit more advantageous. Is when you look at say the interception prop. Okay. Now again, that's at minus. Uh, it's it's a half for each guy. Right. Okay. And they're juiced a little bit over 120 for Hertz, 115 for Kirk. But what's interesting is the volume. Yeah. Unless they're behind, the Eagles might not chuck it up there a lot. Whereas Kirk Cousins, his weapons with Thielen and J.J. and company, it really, Dalvin Cook's a hell of a running back. We get that. But you know you would think that Kirk is going to throw it more than Jalen Hurts. Would that lead you more in that avenue versus Hurts?
3: Yeah, I would look at uh, Kirk Cousins on the under at minus 115. Look, one thing, I've never been a big Kirk Cousins fan. Anybody that's listened knows that, but he does not have a propensity to throw a ton of picks. You're somewhat relying on the opponent to either get a tip or an errant throw to be able to intercept the ball. Here's where that bet hurts. Just one play, you lose the bet, but on the flip side, you know, you're looking at three to four passes throughout the entirety of the game where you got to really be able to survive.
2: Very quickly here, you look at Dalvin Cook in the rushing yards, 70-and-a-half, juiced heavily at minus $1.40 for the over. Look at the, the combination of rushing and receiving for Dalvin, 94-and-a-half, they get him out in the screen game. Same thing with Miles Sanders at 70 and a half. So those could be some profitable scenarios there. I want to thank Ben Foulkes. Uh Ben Fox for joining us here on the set today. Amal, always enjoy the two-hour conversation. We've got you covered. Stormy and Matt coming up next here on the Final Countdown on decent the Sports Betting Network.